0: This week's episode of Nightmare on Film Street is brought to you by All Hallows' Eve LLC's Terror Town. A Halloween festival made for the adult horror fan, Terror Town is a 19th century haunted attraction filled with restaurants, bars, axe throwing, live music, and performances, including Nightmare on Film Street. We'll be at Terror Town October 4th, 5th, and 6th, hosting a screening of Sleepy Hollow with a Tim Burton costume party, a Dead Alive bingo game, and more. Terror Town is open now and runs weekends through November 3rd in Williamsburg, Ohio. Visit AllHallowsEveLLC.com for tickets and info, and come to hang out with the cool creeps. That's AllHallowsEveLLC.com
1: This week's episode of Nightmare on Film Street is also brought to you by EC Comics Presents The Vault of Horror. Coming October 17th from Pocket Universe Productions, EC Comics, one of the most legendary names in horror comics, is coming to audio. EC Comics presents The Vault of Horror as a full-cast audio drama adapting 24 stories from The Vault Keeper's Tome of Terrifying Tales. Starring Kevin Graveau, creator of the Underworld franchise, as the Vault Keeper, with guests Denise Poirier of MTV's Aeon Flux, and Phil Proctor of the Firesign Theater, and a 60-actor cast. The Vault of Horror features a soundscape that draws you right into the action like never before. Visit pocketuniverseproductions.com starting Monday, October 14th, to learn more, boils and ghouls.
2: Fellow fiends. Welcome to another terrifying and delectable episode of Nightmare on Film Street. The Horror Podcast with zero credibility but all of the blood, ghouls and gore. You're puny heart can handle (laughs) let's give a grave welcome to our hosts
1: john and kim hello again fiends and welcome to another episode of nightmare on film street I'm John. I'm sweaty. Yeah, that's sweaty. (laughs) And uh, we're coming to you live from the the hot box uh, RV. That makes it sound like we're doing drugs in here.
0: It's literally just an oven. Yeah. It's a coffin, really. A hot, sweaty coffin.
1: We've had the air conditioning turned off for maybe two minutes not even I'm already dead I'm sweating we're gonna make this quick
0: (laughs) (laughs) but we are recording from Austin, Texas as of right now we are just wrapping up our Fantastic Fest funness it has been a blast it is our second year attending the festival on site and I fucking love it here
1: yeah just this town in general
0: I love everything about Fantastic Fest like it is just so much fun if you have ever wanted to go and you were contemplating going like this is me speaking to you Fucking do it. Next year, next September, we'll be here for sure. It's so much fun. The theme this year is uh, like Mexican cinema, so there's all kinds of luchador stuff and. Uh, Day of the Dead stuff, and Sugar Skulls, and there's tequila everywhere. There's a lot
1: of retrospective screenings of of old genre films from Mexico as well.
0: Oh yeah, there's also movies here. It's also about movies. That is the craziest
1: thing. There's so much going on at this festival before you get to the movies.
0: But there's also so much movie-wise. There's some really great stuff.
1: You got one in particular you you want to highlight?
0: Yes, one that we saw yesterday, which I know you probably wanted to talk about also. That's fine. uh, Flew under both of our radar, and we happened to go see it yesterday, was The Platform. It's a really... I don't want to talk too much about it, because it is its premise. Um, It's just an interesting kind of sci-fi-ish, but not really, sort of dystopian movie, but not really, (laughs) um, about... a mysterious platform and it's almost like a prison and how um food rations via this platform to different tiers of prisoners and that's all i'm gonna say
1: there's there is a uh, a really good teaser trailer sort of clip that you can find on youtube um uh, that really doesn't give much more away but if you kind of want to just get a, a look and a feel for what the movie is i would i would definitely check it out Uh, I I feel like it's my duty to report back on VFW, uh, the movie that I was so looking forward to seeing, and it did not disappoint. It was like, just like a speed metal massacre uh, for like, from start to finish.
0: Yeah, John caught it 8 in the morning one day, and i yep. like, a, I don't make those screenings. I don't even try. And he came back, and he was, like, buzzing. And I was like, <laughs> what are you? It's 10 a.m. I need coffee. What is happening?
1: Oh, I was just so ready to go outside and just, like, start throwing fists and get a leather jacket. <laughs> oh, man, I wanted to start a fight. It was great. Stephen Lang, William Sadler, Fred Williamson. It's, like, an insane cast of just old-timers kicking ass. And uh, it's from Fangoria, so you're going to have no trouble finding it, but definitely keep an eye out for Joe Bigos' VFW.
0: Another quick shout-out to The Vast of Night, which I'm sure we've talked about on the podcast already. You just want to
1: give that movie some love. Because we've already seen
0: it. Well, I was really banking on seeing it in the theater for this festival because we recently saw it on our computer screen, and it wasn't optimal watching conditions for such an atmospheric film, and I'm so happy we saw it with an audience. It was fucking awesome, wonderful, It's great as I remembered it, so good. It's probably likely making my top ten this year.
1: Oh, I would think so. Yeah, for sure. You can check out all of our coverage on social media if, if you haven't seen some of it already, but also reviews are trickling in at nofspodcast.com if you want to get our full thoughts on the, some of the movies that we're talking about.
0: Yeah, and there's some interviews on there as well. We yeah. got to talk to Taika Waititi, yeah. which is crazy insane. I got to shake his hand.
1: <laughs> um... You know, maybe real quick, you wanna you wanna give everybody like six word thoughts on Three from Hell.
0: Oh yeah, that also came and out. Maybe
1: also mention the sad passing of Sid Haig. Yeah, yeah, and
0: it's so unfortunate because, seeing the movie and then kind of understanding how his health situation was over the past year or so, it's it's very sad, and it's it's sad because. Um, he didn't get the opportunity to do this, like, final chapter that I'm sure would have been a wonderful hurrah for his character. Oh, yeah. And, like, such an iconic character to have that last um, movie. And the fact that... It, it, I, I don't want to spoil the movie, so I'm trying to keep it vague, but it's just... It's not the movie you expected it to be, and it's it's because Sid Haig's not in it as much as, as much as he should have been, and as yeah. much as the fans and he wanted to be in it, so that's really sad. and And, uh, to be honest, like three from hell, I didn't love it. And it's, it's solely for that factor. It just didn't feel, um, it didn't feel like the right story for, for these characters. That makes sense.
1: No, that makes sense. I, I definitely liked it. I didn't love it. Um, I knew going in that I wasn't going to be getting much Sid Haig, and I was able to sort of divorce all of those thoughts, uh, the, before going in and, I think it put me in a good mood for the movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, it is not his best movie, whatever, but it was a good time, and it had uh, it had some really, really cool stuff. It is basically three movies slammed together. I There's a review for that on the site as well if you want to go check that out. Uh, I know it's going to be playing one more time. Uh, oh, yeah, it's coming theaters.
0: back, I think, like Halloween or something. Yeah, yeah, but it will be
1: on you know VOD and DVD soon, so you can definitely check it out. And if you like Rob Zombie movies, you might love it, but it is definitely not The Devil's Rejects.
0: Yeah, but also still kind of is The Devil's Rejects.
1: Yeah, just in a weird e-
0: way. Sid Heg. Yeah. Oh
1: well. Of course, before we go, there is one we didn't even say what we're here for. Oh my god. Oh my god, we guys. We didn't even
0: say the episode title.
1: Welcome to <laughs> the Devil and Keanu Reeves.
0: Clearly, it has been a long week. <laughs> oh, it is.
1: It has. It has been a long week. I don't want to get into all the details. But
0: no sleep, all alcohol. Like, we are, we are pickled, hot, and sleepy.
1: Yeah, but there is... Uh, before we start talking about Constantine and the Devil's Advocate...
0: I, th- I thought you were going to say the Devil's Rejects. I almost did. I almost did.
1: Uh, there's one other movie that I really want to talk about. Uh, it's called uh, It Came From Outer Space to t- Save a Few Broke Podcasters. And uh, my notes here say that it stars... Uh, Nick, Jamie, Miranda, Sean, Chris, Derek, Mary Claire, Melissa B, Melissa T, Anthony, Lisa, and introducing Tim and baby Alex. It's just, you know, a real feel-good movie about a bunch of aliens that come down, some mysterious aliens that... Without warning, show up and... World currency. (laughs) Yeah, just support indie horror. I think it's the kind of movie we can all get behind, and I think you're really going to like it.
0: (laughs) Thank you guys so much for supporting us on Patreon. Um, This trip and everything that Nightmare is would not be possible without you guys. New, old, existing past. We are so, so grateful for you guys. Uh, Nightmare on Film Street is our favorite thing to do, and we hope you guys like listening to it. And, like, you know, tweeting with us and all of our weird photos. There's just so many weird photos that came out of this film festival. I don't know how anybody still <laughs> listens to us. Yep.
1: I got uh, I got luchador paint. I, I also got... You had a of,
0: glitter makeup. I you got, got a makeover. Done. Yeah. And then our air conditioning lit on fire and you had drag makeup on. And I was <laughs> like, we're going to call an ambulance and they're going to think that we literally, like, tried to burn our house down.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We were half in the bag. It was three in the morning. That was great. It was an experience.
1: We were were talking about it. I've really come to appreciate the word adventure because it is neither positive nor negative, (laughs) but it is very much both of those things. (laughs) And this has been an adventure.
0: But I'm sure you're sick of our RV audio quality, so we're going to send you to professional microphones and some fun film chatter where we talk Keanu Reeves.
1: Mr. Constantine, I'd like to ask you a few questions. I know the circles you travel in, the occult, exorcisms.
2: I thought that you could at least point me in the right direction. Yeah, okay, sure. Please. What if I told you that God and the devil made a wager for the souls of all mankind? No direct contact with humans, that would be the rule. Just influence, see who would win. Demons stay in hell, angels in heaven. They call it the balance.
1: I need to see what you see.
2: You do this, there's no turning back. You see them, they see you. Understand?
0: Constantine from 2005, currently sitting at a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 46% on Rotten Tomatoes, 1.5 out of 4 from Roger Ebert, and a 3.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Those
1: numbers are all over the place.
0: They are all over the place.
1: All over the place. 7 out of 10 on IMDb. That's yeah. pretty good. Like it's, That means it's like a good middle-of-the-road movie, according to IMDb. 46% on Rotten Tomatoes, though.
0: Well, Damn. I'm... I think uh, Constantine is like an audience pleaser, and it's not a critically enjoyed movie.
1: Okay. Right. That would
0: explain why the IMDb rating is much higher, because that's just a, you, you're you on IMDb and you click the vote. Button.
1: And you said 3.5 3. 5 out of 5 on
0: Letterboxd?
1: 3.25. 3.25 on Letterboxd. Yes. Pretty good. Yeah. Not bad.
0: Yeah. I find most things on Letterboxd are like 2.6.
1: Yeah, good point. Better than average, this movie. (laughs) All right. Put it on the poster for the re-release.
0: Better than average. Got that
1: 15-year anniversary coming up.
0: So I guess (laughs) it should be said, too, that John and I, we don't follow the series. Hell no. That exists or existed. Who knows if it still exists? Never read it. Uh, And we're not up on the comic books.
1: Mm -mm. So our
0: only understanding of Constantine mythology is from this movie
1: yeah a friend of mine told me that another friend really liked it because it was you know it was was pretty close to the comics or maybe it wasn't close to the comics I remember I was like it's a comic that was that's how I found I found out after the fact that it was a comic book movie
0: yeah and I would say that the majority of the people going into seeing this weren't fans of the comic because you know you try to catch them with an umbrella but this was before superhero movies and comic book adaptations were a huge huge thing um or they were right on the the emerging of being huge thing yeah
1: we didn't have like the big umbrella um, yeah over so everything.
0: it was kind of a standoff movie there weren't any other universes it was tying in with we didn't have any other like cameo to their own film characters it was all contained they wanted to give us as much of the um world that they built within this one film so if we get anything fucked up about the canon, whatever you consider it to be, just know that our canon is exclusive to the 2005 film.
1: <laughs> hey, I gotta tell you, if the comic book is any different than the movie, I don't wanna read the comic book. I love this movie. I think it's great. I love what they do with angels and demons. I love Constantine the character. And, uh, you know, unless, unless the comic books have been... So impressed with this film that they've, it's influenced how they present the John Constantine character, and it looks, it even looks closer it's just to Keanu, Keanu Reeves.
0: Reeves. The comic, I'm down with
1: it. I'm fine.
0: Uh, we are overdue for a Keanu Reeves superhero comic where like he takes off, oh, but on, he
1: plays himself, he
0: has the abilities of all the characters he's ever played, and he has what? to fight evil. That sounds amazing. I feel like that would be the most popular comic in the whole world.
1: <laughs> you know, those movies kind of come out every once in a while. Oh, sorry, comic book. Yeah, it would be a popular comic book. But it'd be a great, you know, they're going to adapt it eventually. Uh, those... Played
0: by Keanu <laughs> That'd be great. And he plays the younger version of himself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mm. Oh, we've man. reached a
0: new level of meta it'd be good oh boy those
1: movies come out all the time though like we've got one with uh oh like
0: with... the silent bob and joe or whatever <laughs> that's
1: it that's the title <laughs> silent bob and joe <laughs> take manhattan everybody remembers that one uh, now there's a Jean claude van damme one there's the bruce campbell one like eventually
0: I've silent bob and what is his name
1: it's jay and silent J- bob.
0: jay and silent bob versus uh jason Voorhees would be a great crossover that'd be all right yeah he I'd, hates weed i'd love jason to hates see weed. like they go on a camping trip or something and they happen <laughs> to go to camp crystal lake they're from new jersey i would fucking watch the shit out of that i'm down with it i would watch the shit out of that
1: it'd be good you know what you can see a small scream jay and silent bob crossover scream yeah why? So in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, they're in the back lot, um, and they like stumble on set while they're filming Scream Three. Oh. Yeah, like there's there's a moment where Do they
0: just happen to be filming at the same time or
1: they yeah, because in Scream Three, Jay and Silent Bob have a cameo. Oh <laughs> like they definitely like made friends, handshake agreement. We're both gonna cross promote each other's movies. That's funny. It's hilarious. Oh, that's good. Where were we?
0: Um, John Constantine talking about a Keanu comic, yep. and then Keanu, okay. the movie about the Keanu comic with Keanu playing a younger version of it himself. Yep. yep. Uh, and Keanu canon.
1: Okay, so the timeline makes sense. I can. Understand we should put how chapter titles. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> Opening scene of this movie. One of the best exorcisms ever. I'm saying it right now.
0: It is a pretty great exorcism. Hell yeah. And. This movie has a total, like, exorcist vibe at the beginning because we start in Mexico. Actually, we start with...
1: No, we start in Mexico, don't we?
0: Yeah, but that weird text where it's like, remember that quote from No One?
1: (laughs) Oh, fuck, what was (laughs) that? About
0: the the soul dagger or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, some say the dagger has never been found. (laughs) And then we cut to a cold open of the dagger being found. (laughs)
1: pretty good oh. but like just like that text is in quotes you're right but it's not from anybody but there's yet. no like they oh, don't they attribute don't quote it their source <laughs> oh man this is how you know it's a piece of fiction
0: oh boy i love <laughs> that i love that um so yeah the, it starts with that mexico bit where um
1: that car crash oh so here's here's my problem I can't think of anything in this movie I don't like. Like, every aspect of this movie I think is fan-fucking-tastic.
0: It's hard, because there are a lot of things about this movie that are great, but there's a lot of, you have to admit,
1: mm-hmm. there's a
0: lot of bad great.
1: Now, okay, there we go. See, here, what I just said, I can't think of anything in this movie that I don't like. It doesn't matter whether it's good or not. I love... Jason takes Manhattan, and I will defend it till the day I die.
0: Don't tell people that <laughs> it's
1: not a great movie, it's definitely not a great Friday the Thirteenth movie. But oh boy, is it fun! Constantine, on the other hand, every choice it makes is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do not sound like you agree.
0: I no, it's hard because it's hard.
1: Okay. That it's hard being a Constantine fan.
0: <laughs> it's hard. It's constant work and upkeep. <laughs> Uh, that car crash, I will admit though, is pretty wonderful.
1: I think it was the first time we saw one of those, right? Like uh, some, like a car hits a person, person becomes an immovable object. Yeah,
0: We've and seen like it a bunch now, it tin cans around that guy. He
1: just gets up and walks off, like yeah. one bloodshot eye, and that's it.
0: Yeah, and he is just I, on a mission. <laughs> I hope
1: that guy has more than just a cameo credit in this movie because he doesn't say a damn word.
0: And you know, and he's his fantastic. his role is so set up, and then in the end, he's just in that pool, and it's. He needed a bigger finale moment. Is all I gotta say.
1: I'm with you. Yeah, I agree.
0: I wanted him to have to be more than a delivery man,
1: especially for how big the end of this movie gets. Yes, I guess he was just kind of like a fake out. Like, oh
0: my god, he's coming no. to deliver the knife. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> no, I mean like when when John Constantine like breaks in the room and he thinks um, Angela's dead, she's drowned in the pool, and it turns out to be like our Mexican buddy. Uh, I think that's 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 it. Is he's just there. So we think that she's dead when she's mm. not.
0: But isn't that her? Isn't she possessed? We'll get to it. We
1: will get to it. That exorcism though. Oh man. And honestly, this oh this opening sequence has everything you need to know about John Constantine. He definitely doesn't want to he be He smokes. There. He smokes. And he
0: works quickly because the smoke burns down.
1: <laughs> yeah. He likes he likes smoking more than he likes saving people so much that he will put his cigarette down in hopes that he can come back to it before it's done before it's gone. And he's so disappointed when the exorcism takes a little longer than he thought it was gonna, and the cigarette has burnt out. Sad day for John.
0: We also learned that he has an intern. Yeah, and he doesn't drive.
1: He definitely doesn't drive. John Constantine never drives. You know, it's great. It's that at the whole some movie point, is,
0: is is a succession of him finding rides. Yeah,
1: at some point, uh, Chaz played by Shia LaBeouf. Out of the picture because he's found Emily, Angela. He's found Angela, <laughs> and now she can drive him around.
0: <laughs> and then she gets kidnapped by so chance. So chance shows back Just up. Shows back up.
1: Oh, you gotta have a backup, right? Oh boy, what's he gonna do at the end of this movie? Because I get these, I get the clear impression that he and Angela are going their separate ways.
0: I don't want to spoil anything for you guys, but I'm pretty sure Constantine's gonna grow some wings.
1: You think so? Oh yeah. You don't think he's just gonna get his learners wings
0: made of cigarettes, (laughs) (laughs) and he's gonna fly off into the night? (laughs) It's not the hero that Gotham needs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's maybe the hero. Go ahead and finish. I'll wait.
0: (laughs) Oh. Gotham what? <laughs> or wait, Gotham needs? I don't remember. No,
1: nope, it's deserves. <laughs> oh,
0: deserves.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> There's got to be a lot of outtakes of Christian Bale coughing, right? Surely the sound guy has put together a master clip that's just Christian Bale going like, Oh God, oh, this voice kills me.
0: Maybe they just used like a sound enhancer.
1: Mm. What if that's Christian Bale's real voice? <laughs>
0: put it on grovel.
2: <laughs>
1: Set the mics to gravel. (laughs) Do you think John Constantine hates Gabriel the angel so much because Gabriel's got wings and he's just like, I got to get this fucking cab driver and this cop to drive me around town and you can just swoop in, swoop out. They're supposed to be
0: undercover, though, so I don't think they get to just use them. I just
1: don't. I don't think people see them, right?
0: No, they're half-human, aren't they?
1: Oh, right. Yeah, they're, they're
0: in half human suits. Breeds.
1: How does that work?
0: I think they call them half breeds when they're not really. I think they're just, like, appointed human. Because
1: Gabriel's like a, like a human. What, they're like basically an
0: like lobbyists. So they're appointed <laughs> human <laughs> the spin lobbyists. doctors
1: of, of heaven and yeah! <laughs> hell? Yeah! <laughs> okay, I, I'm down with that. But how did somebody like Gabriel, who's very much an angel in the Bible... You know that book that's based on fact. No. Huh? Yeah. I, I don't understand the progression from being super duper angel to being like uh, on Earth and upset about his job.
0: Maybe they asked. You're like, you Gabriel know what-
1: does not seem very happy about it. They seem Gabriel, Balthazar, all of them feel they look like interns. Like they're just super not happy to be there. They've got all the perks of having the job without having the job.
0: I. You know, I never really stopped to think of how the angels and demons are feeling in this movie because I, they're, what? they're too busy fucking up <laughs> lives for humanity.
1: Uh, but maybe that's where we should have started. Maybe we should have got down there. Maybe we should have talked to him. We could have avoided this whole mess. Tell me how you're feeling, Gabriel. She's <laughs> like, oh my I, God, no one ever asked me that.
0: So uh, yeah, I just think that there's like this secret uprising coming. And so maybe the demons aren't happy. But Gabriel, I think, is just fucked in the head. And they're the only angel that we see.
1: Yeah, Gabriel has that sort of classic uh, villain mode where like, oh, no, 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 I love humanity. And I'm going to murder half of them to prove to them how much I love them and for them to really, really enjoy life she's, again. She's
0: just Old Testament.
1: She's so Old Testament.
0: Yeah, it's like you have to earn God's love. <laughs> I
1: like that. I like what you're saying. That is genius. I never would have said that. Especially, given, I don't know if Gabriel's in the Old Testament. I think Gabriel's, isn't Gabriel, Gabriel's got a horn. I um I don't know. No. Okay. I swear. That sounds right. Is it the angel that shows up to be like, "Yo, Mary, Joseph, y'all going to have a baby." Is that Gabriel or is that Michael? Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's Gabriel. I don't know. Anyway, we're getting hung up on angels and demons. Uh John Constantine is the greatest exorcist the world has ever known. I don't even think it's his like, his number one a job. I think he's just um
0: Like a vigilante for devils and angels?
1: Who pays him, by the way? I don't know. Because I I didn't see him leaving invoices at that exorcism, right? The church has to pay him. And there's no way the church is happy with what he does.
0: Yeah. Because he smokes and says shit (laughs) a (laughs) lot.
1: He just, like, smacks people around. Um... He owns a bowling alley. So
0: we find out that he's trying to... We're going all out of the order here, but this movie is confusing. Is it? It's very confusing. So he tried to kill himself at one point because he could see things. Yeah. And then he didn't die all the way. No, no,
1: he died. uh, They brought him back.
0: Yeah, but then he came back. Okay, he. He tapped out of hell, and he was just like "fuck you, fuckers." <laughs> um, and he came back to earth, and that's a big bad sin, and you for can't Catholics, yeah, and yeah, and you can't apologize for committing suicide because you're Ever, normally apparently. dead. Yeah, so it's not a forgivable sin. So he's trying to like buy his way back into heaven by being like a traffic cop for, <laughs> um, the the the, the divine. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, his his logic makes sense. What's great about that character, too, is like, yeah, obviously he doesn't want to go to hell because he's lived it for several lifetimes, he said. He was dead for, what, 12 minutes, I think? Something like that? That's
0: a long time.
1: Even, even then, let's just say it's two minutes. He said it was several, like two lifetimes mm-hmm. in hell. So he knows exactly what it's like. He knows where he's going back to. Um, and he desperately doesn't want to go. What what puts him in an interesting position in terms of faith, I guess, is that he's seen it. He knows it exists, so there's no believing. It's just fact for him.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And that's obviously what's stopping him from being able to commit to God because there's no faith. Um, But what's great is that he's trying to buy his way back into heaven while putting all these demons who hate his guts back in hell Where they're just waiting for him, because they know he's coming. They know he's coming, and they can't wait to tear him apart for eternity.
0: Yeah, and for them, it's a blink. Like, they don't have to wait long.
1: Yeah. Do they?
0: Well, no, because, like... I guess
1: because they're eternal. Time is nothing to them. Exactly. Okay.
0: And if we learned from the weird water transfer, it all happens in a wink. Yeah.
1: Wait. No. Like, doesn't the weird water transfer sort of imply that that time is much slower in hell? Because he was in hell for... I don't know a scene. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> However long it took the door to close, he was there. He had enough time to like walk around, work up a sweat,
0: find smash, Isabel.
1: Yeah, smash a bottle on his chest. Okay, so let's stuff. let's
0: do some plot stuff for anybody that didn't rewatch recently and is like, Sorry. "What the yeah. fuck are they talking about?" Sorry, so guys. we gave you the overview. You know everything about angels yep. and demons yep. now. You can... you know the purpose of Gabriel <laughs> and where he came from, when his origins in the Bible. Oh yeah. John Constantine smokes a lot, has lung cancer, very apathetic. Hordes water.
1: Another big plot point.
0: What about, oh, he does hoard water. Yeah. We're moving on. (laughs) Has has a bowling alley. (laughs) Yep. And somehow he hooks up with, and by hooks up I mean like partners up, Uh with his second driver, Angela, (laughs) who's a police officer for a couple scenes. (laughs)
1: Oh man, I forgot she was a cop. Completely forgot she was a cop.
0: Now, her twin sister commits suicide at the beginning of this film into a big cross pool.
1: Oh, it's so good. That shot is great.
0: But because both of these girls grew up Catholic, Angela does not believe her daughter, her, daughter, her twin sister, would have committed suicide. Ah. So she gets Constantine to figure shit out.
1: Yeah. And in doing so, he reminds her of her abilities that she's completely left behind. She, too, uh, like her sister Isabel and like John Constantine, can see, could see angels and demons. They walk the earth. They're among us. uh, But she she left all that behind until eventually she just couldn't see it
0: anymore. Which is so weird, though, because while they're hanging out and like at the taco bar or whatever. They get
1: attacked by demons?
0: Yeah, a whole bunch of them. It takes a while for her to get like proof that um, there are demons trying to come get her.
1: Do you think she saw the demons, or do you think it was like the end of Fight Club, where we zoom out and it's just Keanu Reeves fighting with himself? She's like, this guy's nuts.
0: would. It would have been great if they had a cut like that. We saw from her that she couldn't really see anything, but like oh, all yeah. the power lights going, all the power lights, all the street lights going out. That would have been cool. But hmm? and then we <laughs>
1: <laughs> shrug.
0: We have some side characters too. We should mention. There's Pruitt Taylor Vince, who is is he a priest?
1: Or uh, yeah, I think he's another like necromancer, religious figure. Like, yeah, like Keanu Reeves.
0: Yeah, and um, basically they're like ammo buddy.
1: Oh yeah, yeah who yeah. gets yeah.
0: all the cool supplies? Dragon's breath and the- Cric-
1: crickets in a box. Some kind of beetle. <laughs> what was it? I don't know. Shrieking beetle. And Papa Midnight the sweden of the of, the, of <laughs> the the god and devil divide he his club is the no man's land the safe space where for where all
0: of the yeah. hitmen go tra- trade in their coins <laughs> <laughs> to pay for accommodations but no one's allowed to kill each other
1: yeah that's exactly it on the grounds of the continental where papa midnight uh, holds court <laughs> No one is allowed to hurt each other. They just have weird club scenes. Every single room of this club is bathed in a different color, and that guy looks good at every single one of them. He
0: does look in his little fedora.
1: It's pretty great.
0: Yeah. Also, so, uh, so like, jokes aside, it does feel well. It does feel very much like John Wick. Like you're like, oh my god, this is paranormal John Wick. Um, kinda. Yeah. It is, like, this club for, like, angels and demons where they have a cool hangout and we hear Perfect Circle in the background and then he's like, let me use the chair. Because this movie has this one weird thing about being really serious about its mythology. Serious and vague. It's like, okay, everything we're packing in this film is the coolest mythology ever. Fuck, yeah. And we're going to be so stingy, explaining what it means. That's its strongest r- suit, though. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, Keanu's like, okay, I need a bucket of water. Now, give me your cat. <laughs> no, I'm going to hell. <laughs>
1: <That's-> <laughs> okay, close the door. You, Get out. <laughs> when you say it like that, it's pretty great.
0: Cats are good at this. It's basically like what he says.
1: Yeah, I can show you hell. You want to see hell? No problem. Just climb in this tub. I'll drown you.
0: Yeah, and he's like, I'm just going to murder you. <laughs>
1: it's the quickest way i love that about this movie not the murder part but like, yeah. i i love how vague it is about its mythology because like i mean you know this is this is uh this is all old, old hat to these people they get it they're familiar with it they don't need to be like give me the chair oh you mean the chair that'll turn back time that chair that chair that'll show you everything you want to know about one specific item and maybe explain the plot of the movie but that instead chair they're like, is that the chair <laughs> you're talking about we don't need that
0: instead they're like Let me use the chair. He's like, John, you know what would happen if you used the chair. Unspeakable cherry acts of chairness. (laughs) And then Keanu's like, okay, I'll come back in 40 minutes and I'll mention the chair again. And he's like, okay, you bring that chair up. Maybe I'll let you chair the chair. (laughs) (laughs) And then Keanu's sitting in the chair
1: and he's like, give me some water. (laughs) Not even that. He comes. He comes back. He's like, I need the chair. God damn it! Well, why are you bringing that chair up again? Because I said I need it, and you owe me. And he's like, Ah damn! Like that's that's how all this always goes. Remember
0: that time I helped you out? Yeah. In another script edit.
1: <laughs> that's always good. That's yeah. That's so true. Like anytime you hear somebody say like, Oh, you don't remember that time where I saved your ass while we were over in Cambodia? I mean, like that was definitely a scene that didn't make it into this revision. <laughs> You know, for years after seeing that chair scene, I thought that I could take a light bulb that was plugged in and tap it against a wall and have that glass shatter but still have the light underneath working. You ever tried doing that? No. Doesn't work. Uh Oh, boy, it does not work. I have tried many times, my friends. (laughs) That is is just movie magic. (laughs) And not real magic. (laughs) I've learned. And you know what? It's funny. Like, that chair should make me roll my eyes out the back of my head because what does it do but just tell Keanu Reeves everything that was happening in in other scenes that he wasn't there that is that is too convenient of a device for any other movie except Constantine <laughs> so the chair
0: is really in the editor's chair <laughs> <laughs> Oh you want to see the dailies <laughs>
1: Oh, that's good. Oh. Why weren't there deleted scenes? Like why didn't we see that guy stopping for a, like a subway sandwich on the way?
0: <laughs> oh boy. Um so we haven't mentioned hell yet because I do want to talk a little bit. We we really grazed glazed over the we really glazed over the exorcism scene and I think we need to take a second to give credit to the special effects in this movie.
1: I know who you're talking about.
0: Particularly hell And the demons.
1: Okay. Specifically when people transform
0: from possessed to not possessed.
1: You could not get over that. It is. Just like claps in the room while we're watching the movie.
0: It is. What year is this? What year? 2005? 2005. Oh, it is seamless. They do, it's like a digital makeup that they do with a possession with, and they they transition it to the, the regular face. There's twice in the film that they do it. They do it once with Rachel Weisz's character near the end, and they do it with that first exorcism at the beginning. It is stunning. I love it.
1: The special effects of this movie are incredible. I like I really, really like uh, Balthazar after he's had his face just burnt off and we're starting to see like the demon that's underneath the human skin, and even that is also burnt. It, yeah, and oh. it's a little
0: heavy, but it's fun. It's very comic booky, like when he's in shards and he's talking. I love it. It's campy, it's fun.
1: Also, he starts recite giving him like his last rites. He's gonna send him to heaven, and the demons like, "No, please, don't do it." That's
0: I don't want to go there.
1: I love this movie.
0: (laughs) And the creature design of the main demons that we see, like the half head demons, they're like noses flaring. Oh, that's right. That's right. I
1: forgot about those guys. They are
0: creepy, crawly, and fucking lovely.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're like skeletal. They're skeletal, they've got muscles, but all of that that tissue's just been burned off. And yeah, not having like a full top head is such a genius move. Very spooky. Love it.
0: Creepy. And like that first moment where we see them swarming around Keanu when he's doing his like temporary transition to hell and they're chasing after him and they're jumping on all those um, abandoned parked cars and stuff, like they look wonderful. I could see an entire video game set in that hell. Hell yeah. And the hell looks great because it's like, the apocalypse wherever you happen to die yeah like time stops and fire takes over that space
1: it's like the world's the world you knew existed but it was burned to the ground
0: yeah and an eternal hell like right in the spot you died sounds really cruel and potentially true
1: (laughs) i mean are they trying to say that hell exists on the same plane as reality? Is that the idea? Maybe. And then so like heaven is also like just like a much cleaner version of L.A.? <laughs> like no. is that what they're... Like they they all exist in the same way?
0: Like the same location but different dimensions or yeah. something. Yeah, because
1: he basically just walked back to that hospital where she killed herself, right? Like isn't that what he was doing? He, was, he needed to get her bracelet. Yeah. He just saw it floating on the breeze.
0: Yeah. Because she's just like eternally reliving it.
1: Ooh. Dig it. Yeah. They didn't have to, like, take an elevator down. They're like, oh, what, what circle are you going to? Going to the fourth circle. Ooh, that's a good one. Haven't been there in a while. <laughs> yeah, Singing which uh, what the floor is suicide vacation. on. <laughs> yeah. I got a summer home over there in suicide.
0: But the, so the once we were given a taste of all of these abilities and stuff, and we don't really quite know what the water does and uh, why Angela needed to die in the tub, but we're on a mission because... Demons are trying to cross over, and they're being more brazen than they used to be. Bugs are attacking uh, Constantine in the street, and John, I need your help explaining the mythology because I have no idea what the fuck happened.
1: <laughs> well, oh, um, so what happened? Who? Oh, you're talking about like Gabriel's
0: bad, okay. but okay. good still, but bad. Yes, and the son of Satan needs a dagger, and the psychic. Right
1: Yes, so they, they, they they've figured out that the the demons need a powerful psychic to act as a conduit uh, between hell and earth, and that is the body that they will use in order for the devil's son to come back to earth. Now now for that to happen, they will need divine intervention, which is something they gloss over because they really really focus more on the oh powerful psychic. and you know maybe if Constantine hadn't of committed murder, uh, by giving Rachel Weiss the ability to see these things again, she might actually be safe and clear from all this trouble. But Gabriel is our point of divine intervention. What I think is absolute genius and builds on like mythology that already exists in our real world is that spear. I think that was maybe something that you wanted me to talk about because it meant nothing to you. Nope. Yeah, there's the spear of destiny that in the, our um, Renfield character almost is, is transporting from Mexico City. Over to L.A.
0: Why was it a Nazi's beer?
1: So the Nazis had gotten it, and the Nazis were trying to use it. And I guess knowing that their regime was crumbling, they buried it so the Americans couldn't have it. Okay. Okay. Like, it just, they're just trying to show that a previous evil power, because the Nazis were sort of, like, involved for a short period of time in, like, supernatural spiritual stuff. They are like, let's try it all.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> so this is
1: just another thing that they were doing. It's actually, like, the backbone that Hellboy's built on as well, from what I remember. Well,
0: I read somewhere that this spear that they used in this movie is actually the same spear that they used in Hellboy.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. That's kind of interesting. Maybe this spear exists, quote-unquote, in, like, Catholic belief. I don't know. So the Spear of Destiny, at least in this movie, is described as the spear, as the head of the spear they used to stab Jesus when he was on the cross. Because, you know, obviously he's he's nailed up there. So does that
0: make it negatively charged or positively charged? Ooh,
1: that's a good question. Uh,
0: negatively Because aren't Christians all about eating the blood of Jesus or something? <laughs> or Catholics? Yeah. So they'd be licking that spear. You
1: know, <laughs> that's a good question. So I know that the, the the blood of Jesus is actually on that spear is what they're trying to get at. That's why it's kept. I don't understand why these Roman soldiers didn't just clean that spear afterward. I mean, like that's your regular everyday spear. You clean it at the end of the day. I would think it's almost like they knew.
0: So what's so- the power of this spear?
1: Well the power of the spear is that it has power Jesus blood on. Spear. it. So you're probably right. I think it's probably I don't know that it necessarily is positively charged because if it were don't you think like it would like turn to rubber as like Gabriel tried to like <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> My joke spear.
1: <laughs> Jesus joke spear. Oh not again.
0: <laughs> Fucking Jesus.
1: So I mean like it's it's not really that complicated. Yeah, it's just like the spear that they used to like stab Jesus in the side to make sure that he was dead when he was up on the cross. Um and I guess like the shroud of turin it's become like a big powerful thing
0: okay so they just wanted a really rare spear
1: I guess so they just need it they just you know what this knife not special enough can't there, use
0: regular salt you have to use the pink Himalayan salt
1: yeah from... that's it okay that's that's exactly it just gives it a better cleaner taste and you know
0: season with the spear of destiny <laughs> and serve. I always the son that, of Satan.
1: I always assume that the, the divine intervention part was just Gabriel.
0: Yeah, I think that's correct.
1: But it's probably the spear. Like, this, the spear is, like, it's got to be good in some way, right? I don't even know. It's probably not. Okay. So we like,
0: know what this movie is about. <laughs> Clearly!
1: <laughs> let's just skip it all. Let's just talk about when the devil shows let's up. Let's
0: talk about the devil. Okay. <laughs> so... This is probably my favorite depiction of the devil.
1: Ever. Yeah. Ever.
0: Yeah. Maybe the- Outside
1: of like Devil Flanders, of course.
0: Oh, it's-
1: Okay, we're talking- We should make
0: a devil list on the website. We should.
1: I think we might already have one. Do we? Maybe.
0: Well, hopefully this is number
1: one. Peter Strome, is that it? strome Is that his name? I've lost it. I, whenever I google it, I always just google like the devil of Constantine or the stoic guy in Fargo. Like that those are the, those are the search terms that I get to find out his name. I copy and paste it <laughs> and then I forget it forever again. Uh, greatest devil ever. And it's also cool just because we established so early in the beginning and you think it's just a fun throwaway line like oh, yours is the one soul the devil himself would come to the, the would come up here to collect. And like, har har, that's great when you first hear it. It's used as a plot device.
0: It's so good. When when um, basically Constantine is kicked out of the party, he's like, well, I'm going above your heads and I'm telling dad. And when he slits his wrist, you're like, oh, fuck, I know what he's doing. Yeah. And he's calling the devil on up.
1: Yeah, because his his tattoos couldn't do the job. He's like, ah, can't oh my him god, on. that tattoo
0: scene. Uh. <laughs> Actually, I think
1: it did work because he was forcing Gabriel out into the light. That was the idea. It did work. Those tattoos were great. And uh. I think it's good.
0: Well, you don't like it. Uh. I think it's good. <laughs> what were they even? What did they mean? What did they symbolize?
1: I think they were the similar symbol that the the necklace of Prue uh, Taylor Vince had that he, oh. he, he, he like an asshole took from him <laughs> and just held on to. He's like, hey, I need you to go do some investigating, but. I need it to be dangerous. We didn't
0: talk about how Pruitt Taylor Vince died. That was amazing too, by the way. You like that a lot? I love the drowny, can't drink a drop, drown. Especially knowing (laughs) that
1: he's an alcoholic, right? Like we established that in the beginning of the movie.
0: Was he just trying to, I don't think he was just trying to drink alcohol, though. I think he was trying to drink anything.
1: It was liquor store. I think it was only alcohol that he was going for. But Mm -hmm. I think it would would have worked for anything. So, like, he goes to have a sip to, like, calm his nerves from his flask, and there's nothing in his flask. Even though he knows he filled it, and he can't get anything out, and he can't get drinks from anywhere, and now he's drinking everything. He's just smashing bottles to try and open them while drinking them. I would have assumed he just died from drinking glass shards. But uh, yeah, drown himself in something like two and a half minutes, they said.
0: Wow. Uh, So the devil, the devil is the best. And it comes purely down to his odd behavior. He's almost like a silly snake. Yeah, there's something childlike about him. Like he's really relishing this moment of taking Constantine. Like he pulls a chair up. And he lights him a cigarette and they're they're having almost like a a fun like back and forth. And the devil is terrifying throughout. Like he's a very intimidating character, but he also has this childlike nature about him, which all of the best interpretations of the devil are are a bit like infantile.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. No, like he's he's definitely like the biggest cat in front of the smallest mouse is is kind of how I've always looked at cool devils because they are just toying with you. They're just—they have more power. They know that you're helpless, and they're relishing every minute of it. Because you also just like you would assume your suffering is feeding them somehow. So he's—he's he's relishing in it, like you're—like you were saying. Uh, I love that he's in an all-white suit, but he's—he's he's, like dripping black tar.
0: Yeah, from his feet. Yeah. And you know, hell is like a fiery post-apocalyptic universe so like where did he come like is the the transitioning of universes you have to go through tar like that (laughs) does that character doesn't look like he just came out of brimstone hell like what does his fucking throne look like
1: i'd like to know right but the conversation between him and john is just fantastic too right because like uh, it's it's like small talk. They're catching up like, oh, how are things? How's the family? Like, oh, busy, busy. Need a vacation. You know, there's just no time. <laughs> and uh, and of course, this is where he lets him know that his son is in the other room trying to break through and rule the world. Um, and he's having no part of it. Man, he's so fucking cool. He just, like, smashes that window into a thousand pieces and, like, the, the glass slows down in slow motion because cuz time has not stopped time is just moving very slowly mm-hmm. and we are watching Gabriel's dagger just like ever so slowly come toward uh, Elizabeth Angela Angela's Angela's stomach where the devil's son is going to come out and he just like
0: yoink <laughs> he's like back to bed
1: <laughs> yeah he just whaps him on the head and sends them on their way basically
0: yeah and then Gabriel is basically abandoned by Jesus gets her wings burnt off yep and, uh, oh, the Constantine bit's pretty good, because Constantine's supposed to die now, and the devil's like, come on, boy. Yeah, he, he's
1: trying to drag him back to hell.
0: And he's and he can't, because now Constantine is wanted by the other half of the uh, equation, and he's going northward.
1: So yeah, it's because Constantine says, uh, Constantine strikes a deal with the devil uh, to let himself die.
0: The classic Hercules move, yeah. save in Megara.
1: That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> pulling that name out um yeah he's gonna sacrifice himself he'll let the devil take him uh down to hell in order for to exchange the soul of isabel's sister
0: of angela's sister isabel
1: my mistake man <laughs> you know if you got twins like name them something wildly different like <laughs> julia and france, <laughs> france. yeah <laughs> Uh, Can
0: you imagine being France?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, Francis would make a little more sense. Did
0: you say Fran? No, France. (laughs) France.
1: You mean like the country? No, like the name.
0: (laughs) With an S C E.
1: (laughs) You just get a lot of Fran with an S, F R A N S.
0: But yeah, so uh, Constantine is getting floated up to heaven yeah i'm setting you up to be able to say this part because i know it's your favorite part of the movie it's so good (laughs) how
1: how could we all not agree that this is the best part of the whole movie he's it's a great scene because it's um uh, john constantine's done like one final selfless act like the only good thing in his entire life that he's done uh you know like oh what was that that's you know, sacrifice your life for somebody else's eternal soul? That's 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 God's brand. We're all about that up here. So come on home, boy. And um Devil's not having any of that. Feels like he's been cheated out of a very big soul, so just had enough time to see John Constantine can give him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a great moment because it, he's so angelic as he's sort of floating up in like his and like the yellow pose. light is yeah just like beaming sunlight's down, sunlight's beaming in. Everything's so great. He's finally like on the the greener grass side of life. (laughs) He's just giving him the finger. How could you die and on your way, floating up to hell, give somebody the finger and still be, like, still get away with it? It is the devil. I'm
0: pretty sure that God would give the devil the
1: finger if he could. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. They should teach you to do that in in church. Like, hey, you ever see the devil? You give him the finger.
0: (laughs) But uh, obviously the devil's having no part of that. And so... Um, he buys Constantine more time. He brings him back to life, basically, like, massages his heart to start and pulls the cancer out of his lungs. So
1: great. So great.
0: Pretty gross looking. Love it. Pretty nice of the devil to do. It's a little, like, counter nice, but it's still pretty nice. It's the only move he has left,
1: though, because if John Constantine goes to heaven, um, then he never gets him. But if he can keep him here on Earth, because now the slate is clean. Like, everything, it sounds like... He's got to pass to heaven unless he fucks up. Mm-hmm. And the and the devil's like, you're going to fuck up. I know you. I think even his last line is like, you know, let let your fate be entirely in your hands or something. Something like that, mm-hmm. like to that effect. So um, if you go to heaven, it's your doing. But I know you and you're going to fuck it up and you're still going to be mine one day. It's such a good move. Ugh.
0: I have to say the devil is pretty a pretty patient guy because the reason why he stops his son from coming to earth, because I'm, I'm sure like in the grand scheme of things, anybody bad up on top is like good news for him, but he says something like really quickly. And I'm not sure if I have it a hundred percent, but that it's not like time yet. And he's like, almost like cheating the books.
1: Yeah. 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 I remember that
0: because the devil is, I guess, waiting for this apocalypse time to come about. And you can't skip, like you can't go out of order, you can't do it incorrectly.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, if we're taking, this movie is is telling us that everything in the Bible is real, like that revel, you know, that book of revelations is going to happen, and everything's going to be great then, but let's let it go. Because I think also, like, if, if you trigger the end of the world, you lose so many souls to the good side.
0: Oh, that's so true. Yeah,
1: he wants an opportunity to, to slowly turn the whole world onto his side.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because and that isn't that too why everything kind of happens in Revelations because sinning is at like an all time high.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's a there's there's no it you know it's like all people that say that the world is gonna end on this specific day. There's no reason for it. They just know that it's gonna happen one day. They're not like oh once oh you know what that is not true. I remember this in church. They said oh uh the 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 rapture will happen the moment every person on earth has heard the gospel, is the idea. So once every person on Earth has had a choice to either accept or deny God, that's when the rapture happens. And that's why we have missionary work. That's why they go out to these remote locations and teach God to, to, like, lost civilizations that have never even seen electricity.
0: Well, that's a, I don't know what to say to that. (laughs)
1: It's, that's an occupation. So the God, so the devil is, is yes, the devil is definitely patient. But he knows it's gonna happen, and I, th- I guess he figures he's gonna win.
0: Okay, so are there any moments, scenes, um, or anything that we did not talk about in Constantine that you wanted to talk about?
1: I think I'm good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't really talk about Keanu Reeves in this. Did and we not?
1: He's great. <laughs> not really. <laughs> did I not say that? Because <laughs> he's great.
0: Um. Yeah. He's he's giving it some gusto.
1: Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. It's ah. Oh. Why didn't we not very talk emo, about Constantine? Though. Yeah. Is he?
0: Yeah. Like he's. He's very emo.
1: Okay, but I mean, you know, deep down, you're going to hell. Going to hell, doing
0: the—he's not even (laughs) doing the Lord's work. He's just doing. I don't think he's getting paid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What does he do for money?
0: I don't know. Oh, you know, we
1: didn't talk about the fact that Chaz dies.
0: Yeah, Chaz does die. That's a
1: bummer when it happens.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't ask for Chaz's soul. Just Isabel, this, yeah. this girl he's never met.
1: Well, he, he wants her soul to be taken from hell is, is yeah. what he wants. I guess he figures Chaz is going up top.
0: Yeah, and he does. Yeah, that's right.
1: This is the first time. We've seen this movie a thousand times, uh, but the first time we've ever watched it to the end, post-credit sequence,
0: Chaz is an angel now, guys. And Keanu Reeves is like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so what is your rating on Constantine?
1: This is a tough question. I wanna give it a four out of four. I think it's amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a three out of four. Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna come, <laughs> I'm gonna come back down a little bit from where I am right now and recognize that yes, it's not an incredible movie. It is a
0: really fun watch.
1: I love this movie. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's so good.
0: It's a fun watch. Uh I'm also gonna go a three out of four. Uh I think it's a blast. It is very emo, though. It's very serious about its Constantine mythology.
1: Yeah, and so it should be.
0: (laughs) We're the same rating. You're not defending anything.
1: (laughs) No, I guess not. (laughs) All right, moving on. Let's talk. Oh, boy. Let's talk about Al Pacino in The Devil's Advocate.
2: A young attorney has the chance of a lifetime. Milton Chadwick Waters. We want you to come to New York. All expenses, first class, travel and lodging, you and your wife. Welcome to Babylon, Ma. Speak of the (laughs) devil. A world of power and seduction. Who's that with the senator? Controlled by one man. (laughs) He will make your dreams come true. He will grant your fondest wish. I'm just warming my hands on your talent. He knows your greatest fear.
1: Milton is into everything. Arms brokering, chemical weapons, toxic waste, money laundering for the Eastern Bloc. I mean, it goes on and on. I don't like it here, Kevin.
2: And he knows the price of your soul. Let's make a play. Who are you? Oh, I have so many names. I'm here on the ground with my nose in it since the whole thing began god likes to watch he's an absentee landlord keanu reeves he's always been there i know that now al pacino as god sleeps late we will win it's my time now <laughs> the devil's advocate
0: So The Devil's Advocate from 1997, currently sitting at a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 60% Metacritic rating, and a 3.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd.
1: These ratings are wrong.
0: (laughs) They're really high. They're
1: very, they're way too high. Yeah. These ratings are, are streamed in hot from 1996.
0: People were feeling Pacino's Satan. (sighs)
1: <sighs> I... They
0: were buying what he
1: was selling. <laughs> were you? You sound...
0: What? I appreciate it, but I think it's a swing and a weird.
1: <laughs> okay, because I didn't like this movie the very first time I saw it, and I still don't like it. I think this is a bad movie. <laughs> I'm saying it right now. Two and a half hours of It's really nonsense. long. <laughs> it's a long movie.
0: Yeah, I had fonder feelings about this movie going into it than experiencing it as an adult. I first watched this, I think, when it came out. Oh, and boy. I was way too young for the adult tones of this film. Oh, yeah, opening it's scene of this movie. It's, it's got incest. It's got a full Charlize Theron nudity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's... Did I mention it's got incest?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's got some incest. I mean, opening scene of the movie, you got a guy trying to jerk off in court... Yeah. Hearing about the sexual assault that he committed. Yeah. Damn. And, and he's looking ch- at his lawyer just like, yo, what? What, you got, you got a problem with this? Like, yeah, I got a problem with
0: this. And that's like a child actress I grew up watching.
1: <laughs> yeah, what else is she in? Um. Hostile 2. Yeah, Hostile she is too. in
0: Hostile 2. Good, good pull there. Uh, I can't remember. So. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. The plays, choices
1: in this movie. Plays
0: a. 24-year-old Is he only 24? who's never failed to... Ca- no, that's just my guess. Okay. I'm just saying he's a baby in this. Yeah. He is a baby.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is so young that his idea of oh, oh, we got to be back at court for 9 a.m., but we had a really rough day, is let's drink all the alcohol in this bar. Shots, shots, shots. Yeah, I'm going to drink so much that I start biting my wife's butt on the dance floor. (laughs) These are actual things that happen in this movie before he is offered a check for, like, multi-million dollars.
0: At this, like, fish and grub pub. (laughs) Some guy's like, hey... We want you to pick our jury in New York. Come here, Florida. Let's go.
1: By the way, can I just point out that that guy? So he's dancing, he's drinking, he's he's obviously wilding out, and he's like, I gotta go take a piss. And so, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> that's Keanu Reeves. He's gotta go take a piss. That's what he says. On his way to the bathroom, somebody stops him and has an 18-minute conversation with him. I don't know about you, but any time that I've been out drinking and I'm like that and I have to go to the bathroom, it is a immediate now situation. <laughs> like, I could not be nice to anybody. If I bumped into somebody I hadn't seen in 20 years, and would be like, I'm really sorry. I'm going to be back in a minute and we can have this conversation. But uh, that that whole scene made me uncomfortable because I was like, "He's gonna explode! He's gonna <laughs> pee his pants! <laughs> He's gonna pee his his for some reason way too baggy dress pants in the mid '90s." I
0: have to say, I love it. Really accentu- accentuates how young Keanu Reeves looks in this movie because all of his suits are way they're his sized. dad's suits. Yes totally he's wearing his dad's suit that must have just been a style in the 90s because everybody has huge ass wide ass ties
1: yeah yeah. uh
0: that they were just going for a less tailored look but it makes eight
1: pleats on these pants please
0: (laughs) it makes him look so young yeah they're like 64 cases and he's never lost one of them and you're like he's had 64 cases but he's so cute (laughs) he's just a baby Oh, look at him knowing he's guilty and getting him off with a not guilty. <laughs>
1: it's strange. Yeah. Unfortunately, he comes off as way too young. And um I mean,
0: he's supposed to be young, right? Because he's supposed to be a like little naive thing. in this situation. But even if
1: you're. If, he's you,
0: definitely being bought.
1: <laughs> but you go through all of the law school stuff, right? I think it's like being a doctor. You're like, you're not really doing it until you're like, what, in your 40s because you've got how many years of regular university then law school and then whatever you're specializing in and then you have to start doing like internship stuff pro
0: bono and the
1: pro bono things and then you you cut your teeth on a few cases and then you get to your 64 like this should have been happening to a man who's also celebrating almost his over the hill retirement (laughs) like i don't think you get that level of accomplishment uh while you're still a baby And
0: as we've proven, Keanu is still a baby in this. Yeah. But either way, so he goes to New York. He's helping them pick this jury. He's just got a feeling about these people, and he gets them off the jury, and he builds the jury, even though the prosecutor's like, I don't think about this. I don't know
1: about this jury, boss. Or the
0: defense. He works for the defense?
1: Yeah. And he's like, I
0: don't know about this. And uh, the jury deliberates in like 38 minutes or something, and they find him not guilty, and then they offer him a permanent position. After Al Pacino shows um, Keanu Reeves' character, Kevin Lomax, his weird infinity pool on the top of their building. Yeah. And he hires him
1: and then that's a weird power move too like hey what do you think of the view a lot of people can't handle it it's like yeah that's because there's no rails like you literally have a pool where you could swim off the edge (laughs) or walk off the edge and keanu reeves is obvious he's obviously too young for this position because he attempts to look over the edge no sane person does that (laughs) no sane person would do that you are like what 84 stories in the air, oh. there's going to be a gust of wind that just swoops you off.
0: <laughs> or like a bald eagle. <laughs> <laughs> um, And so they they hook Keanu Reeves up with a job. Um, Him and his wife are moving from their small town in Florida to Manhattan. And they are set up with like a penthouse apartment. It's very gorgeous. Rosemary's baby style, high ceilings, uh, demon possession, and wainscoting.
1: Yeah, it's got everything you need. What I love about Charlize Theron's character, uh, and I don't mean that, is that we establish that she is busy-busy. She's a workaholic. Uh, she doesn't take the time to get off the phone when it when, to go see Keanu Reeves' mother, which is fine. I don't care. Her mother sounds like not the kind of person you'd necessarily want to spend an afternoon with anyway. But... Once we get to New York, she's really having a hard time because she's never not had a job or two jobs since she was sixteen, and that's the end of that conversation. Like she never, she never tries to find a job. They well, they never let her try and find a job. I guess like she comes to Manhattan and then just becomes obsessed with decorating the apartment, and yeah. until she unravels,
0: they and they set it up like that's all that she can do because she keeps getting pitted with these. Uh, with the other wives of the building, and they're w- weird. They're basically like cartoon standees of women. Yeah, they're they're like talking about their breast surgeries, and they're talking about having babies, and how they never see their husbands, so they're. Happy if I can't to spend enjoy my, my husband's money. company,
1: I'll just in, I'll just enjoy his money.
0: Mm. Yeah, and. And then it becomes so important about picking the color for this house, and it's like it's exhausting just watching what Charlize Theron's character has to go through in this movie. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, too, she has this like, "I want a baby arc," and why won't you have a baby with me? It's crazy. And then she can't have a baby because she's yeah, having a mental happen? breakdown. That was so weird. Because a scene got cut out. Even those movies two and a half hours long, and we had to watch. Yeah. All sorts of nonsense
1: just out of nowhere I went to the doctor yesterday and he said I can't have babies You're like, I'm like do we believe you <laughs> takes did he just like show up tap your knee going, nope nope can't have babies <laughs> like what was that procedure oh, like was, I don't know it's wild I, I I don't get it they even say to her like you you can either um I, I don't remember the three options that give her but they basically say like you can either breed you uh you can either Oh, you can work, play, or breed. It's the are the options they give her, and she just never just never tries to get a job. Like the the, the movie never lets her get a job. Uh, and then when when decorating the house doesn't work and playing doesn't work, she tries to have a baby, and then that doesn't work. So this... because
0: Keanu Reeves is too busy being like a creep,
1: <laughs> everybody in this movie's a creep, though. Everybody. Yeah. When she first meets Al Pacino, it is the worst moment of the whole
0: movie. It's so weird.
1: It's so crazy. He's asking her, "Hey, how are you? How are things going?" No, 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 no. You know what? You should change your hair right now. Do it right now. Do it for me. Do it.
0: <laughs> I can't do it because if I touch you, everybody's gonna think we're fucking, and they're all looking at us. And you're just like
1: quote for quote, like oh my word God. for word from this movie.
0: Ugh.
1: There are a lot of scenes that are super duper uncomfortable that even if this movie came out five years later, like uh, this this scene would not be here.
0: Even if Jack Nicholson was playing the devil, it would be weird. You can't
1: say, okay, (laughs) I see what you're saying going you can't say that everybody would have gone along with it
0: <laughs> no because i mean it's like in witches of eastwick when he's trying to seduce Cher and she's like you're disgusting and he's like am i like you laugh you're like the devil's such a horn dog yeah but, <laughs> but al pacino is just like a grade a creep. yeah, yeah. like he needs to be slapped with his own lawsuit <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's very good. I hate Al Pacino in this movie. I hate every minute of it.
0: I kind of like him. Do
1: you? Yeah. The whole movie, he's like, hey, does anybody here know I'm the devil? Like, that's (laughs) the look on his face. And he does (gasps) nothing to hide it. He's just like, hey, did I ever tell you about that time that I was breathing fire and brimstone? (laughs) When he
0: sticks his finger in the holy water and he's like, eh? Eh?"
1: (laughs) (laughs) In front of everybody. Yeah, they're at a funeral for a man that he has had killed (laughs) by invisible demon ghosts. Uh, Yeah, he just like boils a bunch of holy water. Like nobody can see it.
0: I have to say that... He does a bunch of devilly monologues in this movie. And I follow them. Like, I try real hard. And I follow, like, the first 30 seconds. And then four and a half minutes goes by. Yep. And I looked over at John, and your mouth is just hanging open. And you're <laughs> like, what is he even saying? And I've forgotten he was talking. It's
1: so true. Like, there's, there's, there's a lot of connective tissue at the beginning. You're like, okay, he's making some good sense. And then all of a sudden, it just goes nowhere. It gets weird. You're like, what is this... What is this even? He is definitely a- oh, we're back on track. Okay, cool. I di- I dig that, that moment in that final monologue where he's talking about how lawyers are the new church. Like law. Yeah, is, he, th- these are his disciples and his followers. I'm like, this fucking rocks. I dig it. But the whole movie is based on the idea, like, oh, isn't it hilarious that the that the devil would be a lawyer? Eh, eh? Yeah, isn't that great? Because all lawyers are are evil. Huh? Huh? And then it does that for two and a half hours. I can't handle His it. His
0: speech at the end is good, though, because it, it presents this really, like, I don't know, this really interesting version of this devil, and I am totally buying it, where he's talking about how um, God is the asshole because he's, uh, he's basically created hu- humanity and abandoned them. And the devil... He is a humanist because he likes. He actually likes man.
1: Yeah, he's he likes very pro man.
0: All of their like fuck ups and and he worships man and all and all of our like human nature that's um, that God has basically um, poo pooed or told yeah. us to limit or yeah God set out a bunch of
1: rules that said these are all the ways that you would displease me and then He made those core ingredients to our being and then let us go. And and Satan is just a big fan of those core ingredients. Oh man, this, the fucking that scene with Charlize Theron too, where she's like, "I had a really bad dad. Our relationship was pretty rough. He just didn't understand me." He's like, "Oh, I get you.
0: I believe it, me. Oh man, I, I get you. Oh
1: fuck. <laughs> every every opportunity he has to just like wink at the camera, he does it. and it's bad every time. Every single time, it's bad. It's I bad. hate every. No, that's another. the
0: best part of the movie." <sighs> <laughs>
1: No. <laughs> I'm just going to disagree with you flat out here. No. All right, fine. Not at all.
0: One thing that... So we were talking a little bit about Charlize Theron's plot. And her stuff is where all of the like actual paranormal devil stuff comes in. Because that one guy, he does get killed by those phantom runners. Yeah. But... Charlize Theron, she's actually, like, I assume she's been made infertile by the devil. And I, I guess. And, and she's also been, like, extensively raped by the devil. Yeah. And none of that stuff is shown. And I feel like that's the more interesting stuff in the film. Like, they went for a very bureaucratic way of telling this this story. And they end up following this one main murder case. This um uh, Cullen guy is accused of killing his wife and his daughter and like the maid the or maid, something. Yeah. And um so most of like the morality of the movie and Keanu Reeves's decisions and struggle are done through this criminal case. But at home, like we're skipping over major supernatural events involving his wife. And I mean, the reveal is really great when she's all like fucked up in the church and she's run off and she's,
1: yeah, she's
0: she's wrapped in a comforter and we don't realize she's completely naked, but she's basically like the devil raped me all day.
1: Not (laughs) even the devil. Your boss. Yeah. Your boss raped me all day. And And then he loses it because like he was with me all day. You're a fucking liar. He was in
0: court with me.
1: (laughs) His reaction. And she's
0: covered in cuts and shit like all over her body. That's a good scene, but I almost would I would rather trade that for more scenes of the devil being supernatural.
1: Yeah, I want scenes of him being supernatural. I don't want scenes of him being a dick where they're just like out having dinner and he's just like, there's, there's a waitress I'm there. getting and he, a blowjob yeah, right Yeah, he now. just like whispers to the waitress and she like goes under the table and he just like grins over Keanu Reeves, right? Like, it's uh, that's rough. It it's, wasn't it's, a waitress. A wait-
0: it was a girl sitting at the table. But still, that well, whatever, happened.
1: Yeah, like every moment of this movie is, is him doing something... And Keanu Reeves, instead of being horribly disgusted, is just like, I mm, wish I wasn't married. How
0: did he guess I was from Minnesota? And you're just like, because <laughs> he's the devil, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, all the stuff with Charlize Theron's great, because you're right. Like, when she's out with her friends, we can sort of see, like, these demons that live inside their bodies. Like, maybe they're full-on demons. Maybe they're just possessed, quote-unquote, yeah. or influenced by the devil. That's awesome. Like they've she just has,
0: embraced sinning kind yeah,
1: of. Yeah. She, she has these awesome like, hallucinations that are like these dream sequences where she thinks somebody's in the house and um, her paranoia is a much better story. Um, but because she can't have a baby and she can't have a job and she's not interested in decorating the house, she's got nothing left to do but kill herself.
0: And then she just does. Yeah. This movie's so long, and I feel like we're we're through the meat of it.
1: Yeah, that's because we haven't even like the A story of this movie is kind of the B story, like the the court case and and how he's like gonna let another pedophile get away with what he's done. Um,
0: I do like the court case stuff. Like, I find um, courtroom dramas really interesting. Like, yeah. I think they're really engrossing, and this story is pretty pretty interesting because there's a reveal that uh the cullen guy was too was busy sleeping with his secretary or his assistant or whatever while his wife was murdered and then when um keanu is cross-examining her or prepping her for cross-examination he finds out that she doesn't really know much about him um sexually at least yeah and that they're lying so he definitely did murder his wife yeah and so then it becomes that play on morality. Yeah,
1: because the the only time we see Keanu Reeves in court is when he knows that his client is super duper guilty, <laughs> and he has to super duper defend them. Uh, and I guess, but he that does.
0: happens like you yeah. don't get to as a lawyer, you don't get to just pick and choose cases. Like you will be representing guilty people, yeah. And your goal in that case is to present the best defense possible so that they have the most lenient or sentence or or whatever. And because they have the right to that, they have a right to defend themselves, and I mean, I'm sure lawyers are defending guilty people all the fucking time.
1: No, no, totally. And I think it makes those scenes in the courtroom better with Keanu Reeves, because if he didn't have that information, if we didn't have that information, then it, it would just make it a really compelling argument. But once we have that information, and the scene plays out exactly the same way as it would have, regardless of what he knew, you know that he feels the weight of the decision that he's made Mm -hmm. because he would have defended like all of these creeps the exact same way, but he wouldn't have felt like he was betraying himself or the person that he's yelling at by doing it. Um, And it makes for great scenes, but then you got Al Pacino just like raising an eyebrow and like licking his teeth the whole time. Like there are so many scenes where he walks into a room with a cigar in his mouth just so we can have a bunch of smoke coming out of out from around him and whatnot. And I hate all the stuff with the 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 foreign lawyer that they have that he's constantly trying to like cheat on his wife with that sex scene. Sorry, can we pause everything and talk about the sex scene in this movie where let let's let's make a baby, baby, and uh, and <laughs> he's watching. She's
0: away. Uh, let me just let me before let's. <laughs> Your wife is having a breakdown. She is cooped up in this new place. She doesn't want to be this housewifey woman. She's ha- she's stressed out from this- these pressures of like having to keep house and decorate house and have a pattern and la la la. And you're like, I'm gonna put a baby in you. Yep. Like these it. are not solutions. Nope. Babies are not solutions. <laughs> Especially They since are gonna amplify anything that they are born into. <laughs>
1: this is like a very emotionally charged sex scene too, right? Uh and it's it's just like the dark night of the soul sex scene where it's just like let's let's just make it better. Let's just stop crying. Charlie's throat is crying this whole time. <laughs> this whole time she is crying.
0: And he's like sucking on the toes of the redhead in his mind. Yeah,
1: because like his he keeps seeing his wife turn into this woman that he wants to have an affair with. But what's wild about it is that his whole demeanor changes. He's not like, Whoa, what's going on? He's like, Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm it, into this.
0: Every time it changes to the redhead, he's like yeah.
1: <laughs> like, he's with Charlize Theron. He's like, I love you, baby. I love you. Whoa, what's going on? Shit just got hot. Oh, I love... Oh, we're back. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I love you. I love, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and just, oh, damn. Oh, shit's on fire. It's weird. It's very weird. I the, I just needed at least... I can, I can get behind him eventually giving into it and going. You know what? This is great. I like this. I need at least one or two exchanges where he's like, "What's going on? What's I?" I'm seeing things. Yeah, I'm crazy. (laughs) But he's immediately like, "Man, being nobody told me being crazy was so good."
0: (laughs) And also, like, we need to talk about how Keanu Reeves is having a moral dilemma throughout this whole movie that we're supposed to follow. But every single instance he sees the redhead girl, even from the very first instance. He's like, hey. <laughs> he's into her from the beginning. And like, we're just supposed to believe that they're just, you know, like they're being faded together. They're being drawn together by their loins.
1: Yeah. Cause she's the one woman in New York city wearing a red dress. Everybody uh. else is just gray and black and bland. And she's, oh, she just stands out.
0: But we're still supposed to be, feel sympathetic for him. Like when he's taking care of his wife and la-di-da, but he's like, Mm, at that redhead girl
1: <laughs> at every opportunity he's at a party his wife is there she asked him one thing like please promise me do not leave me alone at this party and at the first opportunity he he okay he gets swept away i get it it's a business party it was gonna happen but he never comes back for her. He no never he leaves comes... the whole
0: party yeah he
1: has that conversation and then instead of going back to her finds that woman alone on the balcony
0: and then has some flirty flirts in front of a green screen <laughs>
1: It's a pretty bad green screen. <laughs> also, it's his sister. Blah 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 blah. Man. It's his half sister. So how did because you Because the devil's <laughs> his father? How guys. did you like that the
0: devil's your father reveal of Mum in the uh the old oh, hospital? Oh my god. I gotta tell you.
1: It's awful. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so, so bad. Um
0: I, I definitely guessed it from the moment when um the
1: credits started and it was about the devil. and you're like i bet it's gonna be his dad no
0: when they had first moved to manhattan and they they brought his mom to like to town to whatever uh see the apartment and and whatever and they meet the devil in the elevator they meet al pacino in the elevator Mm. um and he's like is this your first time to new york and he gave his like I'm the devil eyebrows. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this explains the piousness.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess I just assumed when uh,
0: she's Carrie's mom, Charlize Theron is Rosemary's baby.
1: It's all starting to check out, guys. I guess I just like cynically assumed that um, when he explains that his mother was a single mom and he never knew his dad, that the devil was his dad. I just I'm like immediately there when I was, pff, I don't know, twelve when I first saw this movie. I was like, yeah, it's dead.
0: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm actually kind of sorry that I made us watch this
1: movie. Thank you. I can I can you can you please just tell them how much I didn't want to watch this. You, I've been, I've been lobbying to not watch this. I've movie. been, but
0: I want, really wanted to do the devil and Keanu Reeves, so I've really been pushing for devil themed Keanu movies.
1: I think you picked two good movies for that theme, but. <laughs> Not two good movies.
0: Uh, and it was long.
1: It's a long-ass movie, guys. So long. We started it so late in the night. It's, you know, 11 o'clock is a strange time because you're really rolling dice on whatever you put on. You're like, oh, man, I hope this is just a quick 90-minute movie. But you throw on a two-and-a-half, three-hour movie at, not- at 11, you're not doing anything else. And you're definitely not waking up on time. Well, and you next committed
0: night. to it, too, because if, if you put on a movie and you're like, you know, I'm not really feeling this movie, at, at the 11 o'clock cutoff, like, if once you're... 30 minutes in you can't switch to something else it's too late to start something else. exactly so you are just committed (laughs)
1: yeah we did take a break halfway through we did take a
0: break we made bagels
1: (laughs) (laughs) well we crossed over midnight it was breakfast time now
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man we should get mcdonald's all night breakfast what Mm.
1: we oh so hash browns is what you want yeah you just want a hash brown
0: and orange juice are there, are there any other moments? There's so.
1: There's I th- a lot of moments in this movie. There's a
0: lot of weird sexuality. We haven't talked about the ending. <laughs> There's a lot of weird sexuality, though. And I get that he's the devil. And he's, for some reason, this this iteration of the devil has chosen his favorite sin to be, like, sexy sinning. You know what I mean?
1: Well, vanity is his favorite sin. But I guess... He says it several times in the fucking I know, movie.
0: but it, he, really, though, he's chosen sexuality. I guess, And that, you know what, maybe that works in the corporate world because as, as we know, um, people with power and money are fucked up sexually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you're not hearing about good relationships. You're only going to hear about the fucked up ones.
0: No, but I mean, I watched Mad Men. I know okay. how much they cheat on their wives.
1: Sure. <laughs> that documentary Mad Men. It's probably pretty close.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also not to go near lawnmowers in the workplace.
1: Yeah, don't bring that up. You know, the moment you had to drive that thing under the elevator, you knew it was a bad idea. <laughs> You're like, man, I hope nobody's... How did I not cut somebody's toe off in the elevator bringing it up?
0: Well, probably because they weren't drinking at that
1: point. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it.
0: Isn't that the same night that they, like, put the mint julep in the water cooler?
1: Oh, maybe. The creme de mint I creme think. Creme de Then Maybe that was at a at a New Year's Eve party or oh, a Christmas whatever. party. The, no, no, I think that is isn't. I think it's the Christmas party where they start reading monologues <laughs> from that guy's unfinished scripts. <laughs> Man, what a dumb show. Um, um, the devil, at the end of this movie, is like, hey, so this girl you've been liking is your half-sister and... I'm gonna need you to make a baby with her. And, like, there's like, oh, should I? Shouldn't I make the baby with her? I, yeah, guess, I, I, for, I guess my wife is dead. Who do I have sex with now?
0: Dead for hours, maybe. Like, it's, it's the, the same, same day. day. <laughs> and so, for some reason, them having a baby together will make the Antichrist. Yeah. I will say that final sequence Al Pacino's apartment building that has no f- house furniture in it, just a desk. Yep. Uh, has a really cool mural that starts worming. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Looks good. And it looks all gates of hell-ish. I'm very cool with which it. Which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It looked awesome.
0: Yeah. Actually, at one point, um, Keanu Reeves makes individual eye contact with every single one of the- And like, they're
1: like real people. The
0: dudes <laughs> in the painting. And yeah, and they all make eye contact back. And I thought they were like communicating because what I thought was going to happen was that Keanu was going to 300 kick- Al Pacino into the mural, into the mural, oh. and all of the paintings were gonna snatch oh, him. Shit. Like I thought, Keone was noticing that all these like souls that were in the painting were huh. were reaching for him almost, or wanted to get him. Well, I don't think it
1: was a painting, by the way. I'm pretty sure it was a sculpture, right? I don't know. It looked like it was. It was like a hole. painting at first
0: because it was, was like it? A, yeah, it was definitely like Art Deco, like it was like swirls, like gray swirls, but it didn't have human forms in it.
1: No, no, no. no. I thought it was like marble. I thought it was just like some gigantic piece of rock. Maybe it was. Okay.
0: But either way, that's how I thought it was going to end. But instead, he starts almost having sex with his sister. Yeah. And then he shoots himself in the head.
1: Oh, man. You know, and Catholic boy uh, knows that that's a bad move.
0: I'm pretty sure he's going to hell regardless. He is the son of Satan.
1: Good point. Not by choice. You can't choose your family. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, then we just, like, fable back to the beginning of the movie.
0: And we get the chance to not represent guilty people
1: yeah but we still we still have time for vanity at the end of the movie right where he's just like i
0: love that
1: you love you i did
0: it was a great touch because we know that the devil's favorite sin is vanity and also that he hasn't given up he's just doing it again so they're like in this loop until he can get um the antichrist like it's all this big show song and dance to get the antichrist
1: do you think keanu reeves has an understanding that he went back in time because he has like a oh, moment when he comes back and he's in the bathroom.
0: I don't know. It's he's got to have some kind of awareness of it.
1: Because he goes into the courtroom and does something that he didn't do at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like is this like it's a wonderful life? Like he realized the kind of life he could have had if he wasn't you know doing.
0: Well, stuff. yeah, and because when he sees um, Charlize, Charlize yeah. alive in he's the like, dr- oh, and, yeah,
1: you've been dead for a few minutes. <laughs>
0: I fucked a redhead, and I I didn't like it. I thought I would, but I'm I so didn't. I'm so glad you're here. I had a
1: dream that I had sex with my sister, and it was awful. What? <laughs> Just now? In the bathroom?
0: We were going to make this spawn of Satan, and oh, yeah, I'm this spawn of Satan. And <laughs> hey, you was- couldn't decide what color green or yellow.
1: The uh, mint, by the
0: way, was pretty gross. They were all bad. Yeah. The yellow wasn't bad.
1: Why did she let some dumb bitch come in and tell her that the colors she chose were wrong?
0: Yeah, I really didn't like that woman. She kept giving these weird, like,
1: with your complexion, no, written honey. by
0: men, responses that a woman would not say. And I know that she was trying to play this like devil on your shoulder version, but like, oh, the, the females in I this movie, I bet you can't even
1: tell her my 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 breasts are fake. Touch you want to touch pen. them?
0: Just go on, grab them. Like what?
1: I got it. Where is, is your ever bra?
0: Ever... <laughs> girls don't just do that. It's like whenever you have like a slasher movie and all the girls are topless having a pillow fight and like sleepover. It's just like why are they, why is the pillow fight topless? <laughs> why? <laughs> well,
1: they're girls kim, that's what they do.
0: Uh, let's trade bras. <laughs> oh boy. It's funny. Yeah. So, um, I do want to say that I'm defending Pacino. I think he was a wonderful devil. Okay. Um, I didn't understand half of his monologue, but the one at the end, I would vote for him.
1: Made a compelling argument. Yeah,
0: I he won that debate.
1: <laughs> and he always travels by subway. He's a man for public transit. And
0: he's wearing his little flat cap. Oh, and that scene where he's talking to those guys in the subway that threaten him—that was a good scene. Was it? Yeah, it <laughs> was a good scene. Okay. And I was saying that while we were watching, I was like, "That was a great scene," and you were giving me <laughs> nothing. And I was like, "Stop actively <laughs> hating this yeah, movie." Yeah, just like
1: just shaking my fucking head. Like it was. Uh, th- those are the best parts of any movie experience at home. Like, in a movie theater, you can't really do that uh, because you can't talk through it. Like, you can occasionally meet eyes, but you do not realize how great the divide is between you and the person beside you <laughs> until this, a scene ends and you look at each other to, to both say different things. Like, it's weird. What a pile but... of shit. You're like, so great, right?
0: It's weird when you're watching a movie at the same time, but you are not experiencing the same film.
1: <laughs> and, you know, I really, I really really did try to go into this one like, okay, fine, John, it's been a long time since you've seen it.
0: Plus we paid to like we paid to rent it because oh, we Oh, I'm going to
1: definitely try and like it if I paid to rent <laughs> we it. We don't have
0: we thought we had it on VHS. Turns out we didn't. So we had to rent it on Google Play and we had to pay 4.99 to watch this movie. once.
1: Now, I just want to point out there there have been plenty of times where we've seen it on VHS. For $0.99. And I've tried
0: cents. to buy it. And
1: I have talked you out of it. <laughs> Every single time. It's happened so more times. than once.
0: So many times that we both thought we owned it. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, you know what? I started to feel real bad before we watched this movie. It's like, you know, fuck. Like, why haven't I let her get this movie? It's 99 cents. It's not going to break the bank. And like, you're allowed to like things I don't like. It just, it just seems <laughs> I want mean. that in my house. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> I put my foot down on the devil's advocate. Oh, boy. And do... Was I wrong? Like, would it would it have been a good purchase? No. <sighs> on the other hand, I will say ninety nine cents. We we would have come out on top. I
0: will say you probably would have liked it more if we got to watch some nineteen pan and Scam? some nineteen ninety seven <laughs> trailers before
1: it. Oh man, that yeah, would be good we exactly. Did, we, we did watch the trailer before this movie, and it does not set you up for a good film. <laughs> Oh boy you know they really really, really should have held back on the there should have been more like is he the devil? is he not the devil because in the trailer we're that we're sold on seeing this movie.
0: I go by so many names So
1: many names. <laughs> Did you see me boil water by the way? like that that scenes in the trailer. Uh. there's there is no doubt that that Al Pacino is the devil when you start this movie and it takes a very long time for you to get anywhere with it. And we did not need that much backstory. We did not need that much setup.
0: So what's your rating? My
1: rating is a, uh, it's a one out of four. Because that monologue is pretty good.
0: It's a pretty good monologue. <laughs> Some of it. <laughs> the parts we, we remember.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's not an it's not a complicated monologue, but the connective tissue from one piece to the next just is, is very thin and doesn't make any difference. It sense.
0: starts out like a drunk uncle speech
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then it gets around to its it,
1: point. It gets yeah, it gets around to a drunk uncle speech. We're like, whoa 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 shit, did we just miss gold?
0: <laughs> um, uh, so I'm gonna go two out of four.
1: Two yeah two out of four yeah
0: maybe one and a half no i'm I'm gonna stay with two because i did like i did like him as the devil i thought the sexuality was a little much um and i liked the drama-y courtroom stuff i thought that was fun also Keanu's is so young and he looks so funny in his suits we have to find out how old Keanu was in this at least filming this because fuck man he does not look old enough to be a lawyer (laughs) he does not look old enough to be wearing a suit (laughs)
1: Late 30s, I would assume. Like, how old's he now? He's in his 50s? Is he? Right?
0: I mean, I would believe it, but- I'm gonna
1: guess he was born 1966.
0: I would say 72? I don't know.
1: 1972? I'm gonna say 66, which makes him
0: 53 right
1: now.
0: (laughs) He's 1.68 meters tall.
1: Okay, we know that much. Um... He was born
0: on September 2nd,
1: 1964. Oh, it was close. Okay, so he's 55, which means this movie's 25 years old.
0: Okay, wait. So we're going to do hang on a second, get my calculator open. (laughs) 1997 minus 1964. 33 <laughs> he was 33 okay so and then you t- you deduct two years for filming they filmed it when he was 31 years old
1: maybe yeah
0: around 31 years old sure i guess i buy that he looks younger than 31 in that though
1: you ever see the firm have i you asking me yeah i'm asking you
0: have i <laughs> have we watched it together what's the firm
1: <laughs> that's a no okay anyway if you want to watch a movie about a young guy going into a courtroom uh going into a law firm that is is, is up to some dirty deeds but is not run by the devil oh
0: I was like is the devil in it <laughs> no
1: it's not uh you know, fun fact though Tobin Bell who would go on to be the jigsaw killer plays a hitman in the movie hmm. he's in it for a scene and a half
0: didn't we find out he's in the godfather for like a half a second
1: Maybe I know Harry Dean Stanton's in The Godfather for a half a second. No, Tobin Bell is in The Goodfellas for a good half a second. Goodfellas for a half a yeah. second. Right? Yeah, right. It's good. It's a real good half a second.
0: Right. it's it like the courtroom or something?
1: I think he's like a cop that's arrested uh, somebody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. But let us know what you thought of these two movies in our The Devil and Keanu Reeves episode. Hopefully, we did them justice. oh boy, was that an interesting episode. Tweeted us at Podcast. You can find us in our Facebook group at facebook.com group slash horror fiends of NOFS. Tell us what you thought of Constantine and the Devil's Advocate.
1: That is a weird pairing to try and choose which one you like the most, but I would love to hear the responses.
2: We are controlling transmission.
1: Yee-hoo! Have a trouble with a living? You're done! Di- Stop! <laughs> This week's episode of Nightmare on Film Street is brought to you by All Hallows' Eve LLC's Terror Town. A Halloween festival for the adult horror fan, Terror Town is a 19th century haunted attraction filled with restaurants, bars, axe-throwing, live music, and performances, including Nightmare on Film Street. We'll be at Terror Town October 4th, 5th, and 6th, hosting a screening of Sleepy Hollow and a Tim Burton costume party, a Dead Alive bingo game, and more. Terror Town is open now and runs weekends through to November 3rd in Williamsburg, Ohio. Visit AllHallowsEveLLC.com for tickets and info, and come hang out with the cool creeps. That's AllHallowsEveLLC.com.
0: Coming October 17th from Pocket Universe Productions, one of the most legendary names in horror comics, EC, is coming to audio. DC Comics Presents The Vault of Horror as a full-cast audio drama adapting 24 stories from The Vault Keeper's tome of terrifying tales. Starring Kevin Graveau, creator of the Underworld movie franchise as The Vault Keeper, with guests Denise Poirier of MTV's Aeon Flux and Phil Proctor of the Firesign Theatre, and a 60-actor cast, The Vault of Horror features a soundscape that draws you right into the action like never before. Visit pocketuniverseproductions.com starting Monday, October 14th to learn more of Oils and Ghouls. That's EC Comics presents the Vault of Horror at pocketuniverseproductions.com.
1: We're gonna stick around for a few more minutes and play a game that I put together in celebration of this week's episode. I'm calling it Monotone Monologues, and uh, as I explained in the in the Patreon bonus episode that you can get at patreon.com/slash Nightmare on Film Street. As a small thank you from Kim and myself for your continued support of Nightmare on Film Street. Most people criticize Keanu Reeves for having a very small acting range. I don't think that's necessarily true, Uh, but taking those criticisms to heart, I have found horror movie monologues and speeches that i'm going to deliver to kim in the most monotone performance possible. And she's going to try and guess what those movies are from. i mean actually i'm actually going to give you a quick little preview of that right now. kim, uh, i'm going to read this to you as best i can with no tone and no emotion. Okay. and you tell me what movie it's from. okay. i think you're going to get it. suicide, murder, plane crash, what does it matter? He was going to end someday. From the minute you're cut loose from the womb to the you're at, from the minute you're cut loose from the womb, it's a one-way ticket trip to the tomb. You may not realize it, but we're all just a mouse the cat has by its tail. Every single move we make, from the mundane to the monumental, the red light we stop at or run, the people we have sex with or won't with us, the airplane we ride, the walk out of, is all part of death's sadistic design, leading to the grave. Final destination. Yeah, I I shouldn't have picked that line. I shouldn't have (laughs) picked Death's design. I should have just started with the next part where he's like, "Life is like a box of chocolates."
0: I, you know, I almost had it from how many times Bradley game. (laughs) I almost had it from how many times plane was mentioned in that monologue, but
1: yeah, uh, that
0: that I have to say, John, you made that. So
1: boring. So boring. So, and that's what I'm getting at, guys. Whether you're Tony Todd or Keanu Reeves, it's all about the performance. And Keanu Reeves does not have a monotone performance.
0: i you're you're preaching to deaf ears, John. Everybody here loves Keanu Reeves. I should hope so. We are all in the Keanu camp.
1: I did, I did see a pretty pretty funny video once where somebody just took a plank of wood and put a put a board face on it and edited that into like scenes of the Matrix. <laughs> And they it made me laugh but it hurt me a little
0: that's pretty funny um but you can get that bonus episode that we're recording over on patreon at patreon.com slash nightmare on film street like john said we also record a ton of other bonus episodes We just recorded our Drive Home from the Drive-In episode from It Chapter 2. So if you want to know what we thought, you can support us over on Patreon to get that. Um, We do another... We'll do one of those every month in addition to these bonus mini-games. So it's just a way for us to thank uh, those of you who go above and beyond and support the podcast. Uh, Nightmare on Film Street is a listener and fiend-supported podcast. And we couldn't do it without our Patreon supporters. So uh, thank you guys. Those of you who are listening, the Patreon supporters... We are so grateful to you and everybody that supported us past, present, and sharing it with the show with your friends, uh, leaving us reviews on iTunes, five star ratings, and stuff on Facebook. Like that all helps us grow Nightmare on Film Street. And we are so grateful to you guys for tuning in every other week here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're getting the podcast. So thank you guys so much.
1: That's going to do it for us this week, though. I'm John.
0: i um, Kim. Stay, stay creepy. creepy.
1: It appears
2: you made it out alive just long enough to tell the tale of the nightmare on Film Street. Ow! Help us grow the horde. Leave a review on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. Continue this week's conversation on Twitter by following at n-o-f-s podcast and as always more terror can be found lurking on our website www.nightmareonfilmstreetpodcast.com until next week stay creepy fiends